0: gentlemen welcome to another season of marvel 30 questions this is loki 30 questions a show where each week we'll ask 30 questions about the latest episode of loki on disney plus i am your host adam Portress, and i'm joined by tall loki sweet sean's a from the internet I, I have nothing to say to that <laughs> and he's not just tossing around infinity stones anime dad himself bruce leslie how do you know what I'm doing with my stones? Hey, you keep them to yourself, young man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, we are back to ask another 30 questions about Loki on Disney+. Plus. If this is your first time with us, know that we do an after show a little bit different than everyone else. Most after shows go blow by blow, beat by beat. Uh, we thought there's enough of that out there, so we came up with our own 30 questions format where each week uh, we'll watch a new episode of the current Marvel Marvel show on Disney+, and then we'll ask 30 questions about those episodes uh these questions can be just about anything jump all over the timeline of that episode and if you would like to get your question added to the list make sure it's short and sweet and send them over to marvel30q at gmail.com and of course uh, the better the question and the sooner that you get it in the better chance of your question actually getting answered on this show And uh, we got a lot of those regular listeners who've jumped on this first episode already. So love that about it. So let's get into it, boys. Here's uh, Loki episode one from season one entitled Glorious Purpose. And I'll start it off here. What, if any, expectations did you have going into this show?
1: Can I go first on this one? Sure. This has been one of the most wonderful show watching experiences for me because I had zero expectations. I've been pretty busy, had a lot going on, doing a lot of stuff. I, I kind of forgot that it was coming out until like the day it came out. And all I did was just sit down and look at the TV and watch the show and let it happen. And it's been a long time for me since I've done something like that. So that was really nice for me.
2: For me there, it it wasn't my expectations that were super high. It was my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I I didn't, I, I wanted it to be good, but I wasn't sure what to expect because it's, it's such, it's coming from such a strange place, you know, having Loki be the main character, you know, having somebody that, that he's great in, 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 as Loki, but is he great as the main character? Like, I wasn't sure how they were going to do all that. So I didn't have a ton of expectations.
0: Yeah. I I don't think I had any going into the show. I mean, I knew Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, and it had to do with right after the Avengers with him, you know, gobbling up the, uh, uh, the, the stone there and then just disappearing off into the ether. I knew that was about it. So I had zero things going in. I had no clue what this show was going to be about. And so far I'm I'm kind of intrigued with what we what we've been given, but uh we'll get into that as things go on. Uh Bruce, number 2.
1: A friend of mine is already out on Loki solely based on Owen Wilson's mustache. Do you guys have any strong feelings about Mr. Wilson's lip warmer?
0: I think Owen Wilson has had a career of uh things on his face and messed with his face enough to where like a mustache is like l- bottom tier on all of these things if you look at the things west anderson's put on his face alone i mean <laughs> the guy the guy's had a, quite a career of this so a mustache is kind of nothing to uh nothing to worry about in my book
2: yeah i'm i'm utterly indifferent towards it it's it's just part of the character i guess
1: but we all agree it's a weird reason for my friend to say nope
2: i'm out on the show for sure that is very strange
0: i feel like he's probably got some sort of uh, owen wilson bent to begin with did uh did he see like you know dodgeball in a bad blind date or something
1: <laughs> maybe he did you know that's what you get for taking a
2: blind date to see a movie
0: yeah especially dodgeball uh question three sean <laughs> Number
2: three, there have been so many Marvel movies and now TV series that I totally forgot that Loki is who killed Agent Coulson. Did the TV show remind you of that as well? I think it did. I really think it did. Like, I think if you'd asked me,
1: I could have done the math and went, oh, yeah, it was Loki. Because I remember Loki's scepter going through him from behind, like really clearly. So you would think by extension, I should remember that it was Loki who was holding the scepter. But strangely, all I remember is the scepter and not that it was
0: Loki who did it. I am at the exact same place, Bruce. I was like, I remember the scepter, but I did not remember Loki holding said scepter, which again, like you said, would make obvious sense. But no, I, it, it seemed really strange. I love that we got that and a whole bunch of other sort of backstories. But I want to touch on this for half a second because this this felt justified. This felt like I won a battle that, I was talk, that I've been talking about for the last 10 years or however the heck long it's been. Uh... They show some scenes and stuff from the first Avengers, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it's matted properly. It's got the 235 as opposed to Joss Whedon's 185. So it's the actual proper widescreen aspect ratio like all the other Marvel movies are. And you know what? It looks better. That's just... That's that's, that's, that's my That's a rant. very Adam thing. Yes. It is. I, but I, And I knew that it was, but I, I saw it and I'm just like, oh look it looks it looks good now it looks like it should supposed to and looks like it fits in with all the other uh marvel films in the canon so uh
1: like i'm totally with you that 4.3 seems really weird these days but the difference in the 185 and the whatever the other ratio is eh? i can go with that
0: biggest 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 deal breaker But I'm I'm glad we got some of that backstory shown in there. That looks pretty good. Uh, question four comes us, comes to us from Brock. Brock writes, "Is telling Loki that the TVA uses Infinity Stones as paperweight the greatest piece of storytelling in the MCU? Casually dismissing a 23 film arc while showing us that there are bigger things to come." Cheers, Brock from Australia.
1: Makes me think about all that money I spent on movie tickets.
0: <laughs> he's just like fucking spitting like five in my face tickets now. for each of those movies well
2: for me it, it i don't think it's a casual dismissal i think that basically what they're trying to show you is that outside of the time stream which is what the, the tva seems to be that you know, they don't hold a place for them here. Like that. They constantly have to grab the infinity stones from people who are using them incorrectly or whatever. And so that they're basically just trying to show you, yeah, we're, we're a pretty powerful thing here, but I I don't, I don't think that it's, it's dismissive of, I think it adds to quite honestly, it's, it's like, it's something where they reward you yet again for watching. And I think the bigger point they're making is like magic doesn't work
1: in whatever this pocket dimension is. So the stones really aren't much more than decoration here yeah, yeah.
0: I, I do like the point where uh you know uh, owen wilson looks at me and just goes like uh, you try to use that thing he's like yeah several times uh it just doesn't work <laughs> and I, I like that that i think that's more of where it kind of leads to i don't know that it's necessarily throwing away those films but I, I like that in in a in a uh in a time space if you will where magic and stuff doesn't happen yes those are as useless as some paperweights Um, guys
1: I I just did the math I honestly think I could have spent in the ballpark of $10,000 going to see all these movies yeah I've seen some of them more than once I buy a lot of popcorn I'm kind of bummed out about that
2: all of a sudden (laughs) that's a lot of money ten thousand dollars yeah but ten thousand dollars spent over ten years that's that's not a ton of money i know i could think of the interest i could have made (laughs) oh so now you're actually thinking about interest okay i see
1: i would have invested it all in uh 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 subway stocks
2: have yeah having family moments for $10,000 and and spending all those hours with your family. Like that's, that's a good, that's a good investment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't argue with that. This episode of Loki 30 crests is brought to you by MasterCard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A better value than an above ground pool. We all agree.
0: Oh man, that's not
2: even close. (laughs) You know, my feelings on above ground pools.
1: (laughs) How many, uh, number five, how many times do you think you'd have to be warped by the time twister before you quit trying to run away and attack people?
2: I have the perfect. I have the perfect example. It's two. It's exactly two times for me, because even the other day I was I was removing an exit sign from a ceiling, and I got zapped by the live wire. (laughs) Oopsie! Once, and then again. Once, twice, three
0: times a dead man.
2: (laughs) So it's twice. The answer is twice. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: I I think I agree with that answer because in my life a lot of times you really think the first time was a fluke and you were unprepared so now that you know it's coming you can avoid it then that second time you're like okay I'm done.
0: See I feel like I'd have a little bit of the Loki problem like maybe you know you you forget. That that happened earlier, and you try to make another <laughs> little escape, and you're like, "Oh, that's right! Oh, right, right! I, I am Loki trapped tries by time about and space.
1: seventeen times in this episode."
0: Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it, but at the same time, too, that's why I always thought like maybe that has a little bit of a problem to where uh, you know it does affect part of your memory that you don't quite remember if you tried that <laughs> or not, and so you just go like, "Well, I haven't given this Oh, that's right! I did do that five times earlier. Well." And then you just kind of forget again. It's a short-term amnesia kind of thing. That's how he, I'd like he to You never
1: tried it. where you'd point and you say, "Look, a blimp," and then as soon as they look away, that's when you make your break.
0: Oh, yeah, didn't give himself enough time. If he'd have just, you know, done it before before he got to touch it. Question 6. Question 6.
2: How did I not see that Loki was going to have to have to hunt down a far more evil Loki? Did you see it before the hammer dropped and before you guys answer? I have already written down what
0: your responses will be. This should be great. This is why I included this question because of what he knows what our responses will be. Bruce, I'm having you first.
1: I had no idea. It, uh, it wasn't even... Once again, I didn't spend much time thinking about this show. I just turned it on and saw what it was all about.
0: Yeah, Uh. I, I. for me, I had no clue that, you know, it's one of those things, though, that when you do see it, it's like, oh, well, of course that's exactly what it should be because you know... At the same time, too, you could have a very cynical answer and say that's what all Marvel, uh, you know, villains have kind of been is versions of the thing that they're going against. So I will say this, that maybe
2: I bet the more evil Loki is like Lady Loki, the female form.
0: Sean, what were our canned responses that you had?
2: Well, I, I was right on one and wrong on the other. OK, uh, I, I guess that Bruce would have would say no. And I guess that you would say yes.
0: No, yeah, I, I, were you, I, I. Were you guessing
1: that one of us would have been dishonest when we answered?
0: No, okay. No. <laughs> I, I, it, why the do I feel t- that was uh, that was at me? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: uh, Bruce, you have to come at you have to come at Adam this way. Is that Adam only lies when it comes to pro- promises? Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. He, he doesn't lie in the moment. Like, he only lies with like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely going to get to that.
1: I think of it as future Adam lies. Like, present day Adam has intentions of keeping that promise, but future Adam, he's a daggone liar. That
0: is very true. I will, I'll certainly cop to that. <laughs> at, at, like present day Adam really wants to get it done but uh like
1: I can see a conversation where Adam sees this girl and he goes, "Hey, what's the deal with her? She's pretty cute." And I'd say, "Oh man, she's crazy." He's like, "I don't care about crazy. That's future Adam's problem." Today
0: Adam likes her. <laughs> well, that's been accurate before. So, uh there let's well, let's move on to whatever the hell question else we got. What's next? 7. Did you Adam 7? Oh, lord. Uh this one comes to us with uh from Tim with a little bit of ignorance on my part. So, I hope you guys can uh, shine a little light On Tim's question, Tim writes in, should Douglas Adams receive some kind of credit for all this, some kind of creative credit?
1: Well, I I have to guess that uh, what he's angling at is Tim sees some parallels here with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but I don't necessarily pick up on those parallels, but I'm not necessarily the right authority for that either.
2: I mean, only in the fact that it's, it's all so nonchalant you know, what the, like it's, it's everyone at the, the TVA, it's their boring day-to-day job. Yeah. It's all the
1: bureaucracy.
2: Right. And it's tedium. And that part is very Douglas Adams, but I mean, you know, uh, messing with timelines and stuff. I mean, is HG Wells the first person to do that? Is there well, something I think, before that? I think maybe
1: just maybe Douglas Adams might have done a little bit of doctor who radio play stuff. So maybe there's something there. Oh, okay. because I, I remember even hearing like the theme music. I thought it had just the tiniest hint of evocation of some doctor who theme songs. I mean, and that's really a little bit of a stretch, but I, I could see where, you know, they they might nod a little bit to the Doctor Who thing with this show.
0: I mean, come on, that's I mean, there's a lot of those elements that are certainly in there from all the Doctor Who stuff. So it 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 makes it would make sense enough. I like it.
2: You know what? I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna say that Tim was right. That there is there is a good bit of Douglas Adams in this because that really is sort of a. Uh, that's very Douglas Adamsy. It, it feels very British to me that everyone is very bored of having to deal with the time stream. Like that is, that is a very very Hitchhiker's Guide take.
0: I do love, I, I love the guy who is, uh, please sign this as every word that you've last said. And then of course he says a word, prints out a piece of paper and this and this. I, I that I wonder what, how many he's actually gone up to in any particular time with his dead expression, just going like, for the love of God, just please sign this.
2: But doesn't that feel like Douglas Adams? To
1: that you? does. But I, I also feel like in that situation, I'd be ready to to take this guy to task and I would just start at page one and read every word. And I would just, like, cross one out and write something above it. Like, no, I said this, not that.
0: That's incorrect. I believe that it was this. <laughs> Question eight. Is
1: it just me, or does Loki seem just a little bit too impressed when he sees the TVA city?
2: If I saw a living, breathing McCrory painting, uh, I would I would have the same level of, of but, being but impressed. But Loki grew up on Asgard. Oh, that is true. You yeah, are right. It, it is one of those things that, like, have he, you seen the first whole Thor? Yeah, the he, first Thor. It's not impressive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I gotta forget. This is this is pre-Thor Ragnarok. He hasn't been to to all the crazy stuff we saw in Ragnarok yet. So, so you make a good
0: point. That I mean, it's it's true, but at the same time, too, it is is just like, oh, is this magic? What's going? I thought you said there's no magic. It's like the floating cars. What do you think that it is? It's like. I mean, he, okay. he has
1: made an alliance with the Chitari
2: so he at this point, so he knows yeah. like spaceships exist. That's true. Yeah. Also, it, also, I would like to point out that Adam, uh, you need to keep doing your Loki impression from this point forward.
0: <laughs> was that? <laughs> I don't even know. It was what spot I,
1: on, man. I, I was looking around. I thought Hiddleston dropped in. I, uh,
2: love, I love that he's like he's like a dandy. I, I just love all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Never died. Number nine, maybe the coolest anyone has looked since Fastbender as Magneto and Days of Future Past is Tom Hiddleston as D.B. Cooper. And if not, who?
0: Tell me who, damn it. Hiddleston has this thing that uh, is very, very successful in Hollywood. And once you see this thing, you will not stop seeing it wherever you go. And Tom Hiddleston has that. Uh, he has a tiny body and a big head. Yes. That, that makes for Hollywood, you know, big timeness. Look, look around. They all have giant heads and tiny little weird bodies. And the best part about that little body and big head is it looks damn good in a suit. And uh, he, he pulls it off. I oh, love
1: it. So now I have body goals.
0: Yeah, just because... just <laughs> need a tiny body and a big head. Keep your head the same size. Shrink the body down to a. a weight oh, I was going to go one twenty. I was
1: going to go get me some human growth hormone and try the gigantism <laughs> route that worked for Barry Bonds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I think John Hamm has had some cool looks in the Mad Men era. In fact, yeah, the but whole that was like, the
2: Mad Men era. That was a that was that was a long time ago. Now,
1: my. yeah, but you know, when you say DB Cooper, there was like the fan theory that we were going to find out that. Uh, Don Draper was actually DB Cooper. I don't know if you remember when that was going around.
2: I do. You just reminded me of it by saying that.
0: I'll say this: uh, uh, Cavill in the Last Mission Impossible look pretty, pretty, oh, pretty dope. Oh,
2: Cavill in the Last Mission Impossible. I mean,
0: not only is that a good-looking man, but that's like the, the the side of beef inside of that suit. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I, I really like
1: Cavill when they had the the CGI upper lip in the Joss
0: Whedon cut. <laughs> the best part of the film, as they said. Everyone yeah. said it.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna go. Y- you're right. You're right. Fast Bender. Fast Bender is 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 longer ago than than uh, Cavill and, and Mission Impossible. Dickety do. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> number
1: that is. <laughs> I like that. I, I I think we should just stick with Mission Impossible. Dickety do from now on. <laughs> when
2: we can't remember which one. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, it's the Dickety do one. Know
2: what you, it is. you remember the one where he goes, "Give me the thingy." I need the thingy now I tell you, who didn't look cooler was Vin Diesel and
1: bloodshot.
0: Oh, Let's go on to the next question. <laughs> oh, my. Question 10. Uh, what if any relationship do you have with just a cola? None. Okay.
1: Is that a real cola or is that like a Marvel universe? cola?
0: Okay. So here's the story that goes along with this question.
1: Because I've had Fanta and Shasta, but not Jasta.
0: Wednesday, when this you show came... You I Shasta McNasty. One.
2: <laughs> me too! That was the, the Busey kid, right?
0: I think, mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Uh, when the show came out on Wednesday, my brother texts me and says, have you watched Loki yet? I'm like, no, not yet. Don't tell me anything. He just goes... I can't wait till you see my favorite part of this. Text me when you're done. And I'm just like, okay. So like a day or so goes by because I'm busy with work and everything. So I finally get to see it. And I'm like, all right. What were you talking about, dude? He goes, Did you see what Owen Wilson was drinking? I'm like, what? He goes, dude, Josta, you remember Josta from the nineties? And I'm like, <laughs> vaguely. He goes, dude, I'm telling you that drink was amazing. And the fact that he's drinking this in the thing was like my brother's favorite part the the entire the entire episode. <laughs>
1: Have ever told you I really like your brother? That that is a great thing to like about the show.
0: It was so strange because it was like it was one of these early energy drinks. It came out from Pepsi, uh, and it had like guarana in it or whatever. You know the the thing that was really hyped back in the nineties that helped brain function supposedly and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I
1: just looked it up and I recognized the label. I have seen Josta before.
0: Yeah, it was like it was a real quick done thing, uh, one and done thing. Kind of like I want to say mid uh, mid nineties. Uh, but it was just, it was really bizarre. But the uh, the writer and uh, showrunner, whatever, they put this in there. He says, eh, at least there's another uh, Josta that shows up in episode two that I'm informed of. Uh, but it's like well we just put this kind of thing in here maybe he went back to the 90s and got himself a taste for this particular cola that no one really remembers except for like my brother and 10 other people are like whoa that's the one right there Josta it, came it, out at the same time when they were re- trying to redo like Jolt and a whole bunch of other yeah I was mm-hmm. gonna
1: say Josta looks like they tried to take Jolt and class it up a little yeah, bit.
0: yeah was, Jolt was I think Jolt was under the uh, was under the coke label so then they brought Josta out there and supposedly with the guarana or whatever it is supposedly it had like uh uh like sexual things that like it would make yeah, you more yeah, virulent was, or something
1: it was yo him bean you know that kind of thing
0: yeah because I, I guess the the old commercials were like old people talking about how like you know they they don't have you know it going anymore and these kids are like yeah we're drinking this stuff and getting it done <laughs>
1: what a great way to sell pepsi
0: just weird yeah it's pepsi and and honestly that's what it tasted like it tasted like flat pepsi from my remembrance of it so i wasn't thrilled by it but boy oh boy was my brother happy to see some josticola on the on the small screen (laughs) question 11
1: i was surprised at how well owen wilson holds his own with tom hiddleston on screen so was i unfairly underestimating wilson or is he giving us a different performance than we've seen from him before
2: Man, this is a good question, Bruce, because I think it depends on how much you like Owen Wilson. Um, I've always been a fan of Owen Wilson. I, th- I don't think he's great and everything, but I do like him. I do like him and stuff. He has a certain he has a certain quality that you want to watch him. And so. Uh, I I had I, I did not think that he was going to have a problem being in the same room with Hiddleston, but I, I can see where if if you don't like him, you you, you would have that problem.
1: Well, I, I think I like Owen Wilson, and he's been in a ton of stuff. He has a large oeuvre, as the fancy folks say. But still, as soon as I hear Owen Wilson, my mind goes to one line from like the sequel to Shanghai Night, Shanghai Nights, the sequel to Shanghai Noon, <laughs> and that's when he says. To this kid, that's why you're an orphan because nobody loves you, and like that is straight word that, like that line delivery is to me what I think of Owen Wilson's whole career, which is unfair. I think
2: I don't have ever seen any of those movies. First of all, those Go movies are mouth
1: then come back and answer this question.
2: Uh, I,
0: I won't, I won't do it. I I'm like those movies, like, like Adam. Would. I think those movies are good. I, I, for what they are, they're not and amazing. Wasn't
1: he but- in the night at the museum movies too? Yeah, yep, like, like. You know, the, the performance you're asked to give and not at the museum isn't the same one you're asked to give in this show.
0: Boy, oh boy, that whole blue screen, that that stuff is just real bad. But I've always thought Owen Wilson was good, uh, you know, going back all the way to, you know, the guy who gave him the start, Wes Anderson and yeah. Rocket and everything. And he's he's always uh, you know, co written a lot always, of that stuff with Wes for himself and yeah, stuff, well, and it's
1: worked I really mean, well you get your career started with Wes Anderson, then quirky is going to be a label you're going to have. Sure. True. So I just think of Owen Wilson as quirky performances. And here he's given a pretty solid, not really all that quirky performance.
0: Yeah. I think he's one of those guys just got to get kind of the right material for him and stuff like that. And I think he can, he can roll with it.
2: It doesn't, it feel like he is writing his own, his own dialogue at certain points, like when he's talking to Loki in that room, he's like, and he's like, I'm a fan. I'm I'm a big fan. I I love it. I love
0: it. Yeah. It feels like you got to let him like have a, have an Owen pass at at your dialogue. Just like, let Mm -hmm. me kind of do this for, for, for my voice and everything. Cause you know, a lot of times they may not be written for that person's voice, but certainly he's gotten enough, you know, writing credits under his belt and stuff where I think you can, uh, you can trust that guy. And he, and
2: there's that really great moment that really feels like it's an Owen Wilson bit of dialogue where he goes, "Oh, you use similes a lot. It makes you sound smart." And then Loki goes, well, "I am smart." And he goes, yeah. "I know." Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, I mean, it, it and and he means it when he says it. You know, like it's a very telling moment of dialogue between these two people, and it very very feels. It feels like Owen Wilson got a pass on that bad boy.
0: Yeah, you're they're, you're watching a chess game between two of these. Yes. Guys. It's really great. Question 12.
2: 12, when Agent Mobius starts speaking to the little French girl and he calls that one guy an idiot, and then that one guy's response is, I speak all languages also, you jerk. Um, so, so does that mean that everyone who works for the TVA speaks all of the languages? I've got the answer here. They all have a babble fish in their ear
1: and that's why they owe douglas adams money boom that's what he was going for yeah there that's a, i
0: figured it was something like that or you know tardis has like that universal translator kind of thing in it so as long as you're there you can understand all the people that are that you're around and whatnot. so i that's Marty that's calls how i it a
1: babel fish so i'll say babel fish <laughs> slash Babelfish. babel oh
0: my word they drive on the wrong side of the road and everything <laughs> <laughs> you know, you
2: know what they call fries
0: chips there what a ridiculous what a bunch of weirdos am i right uh 13 how much of the, this show do you think that they shot in the new thing that they had on the mandalorian called the volume oh now,
2: that's what that means
1: now here's the first question that popped into my head adam is is there like a little interdepartmental rivalry like like you know at gm the pontiac guys and the chevy guys were always competing with each other even though they were making the same darn car yeah and and i wonder if there's a little bit of that here like oh you want to use this well you got to make your own this is the mandalorian volume if you want a volume (laughs) marvel you got to go build your own volume
0: uh well i wouldn't put it past anybody because people are nuts
1: Plus, there's like the idea like like the basketball team doesn't really want to let uh, the debate team use the, the, the gym for their debate because their shoes will scuff up the floor. Like, you, don't you think there's a little like Filoni's worry they might uh, break something in the volume if they use it and he's not there to overwatch it and he's too busy to be
0: there babysitting them? It is an interesting question because I don't know where this was filmed because I know they have at least two or three volumes around the world at this point, maybe more. I forget the exact number, but there's a couple of them out there. They've, they've invested and put some of those out. But there's a lot of this that I look at where uh, I think it was. I think there was a lot of this stuff. I think a, a good majority, if not all of the outdoor stuff that we see in this episode, was all done on a volume or something similar to.
1: Because I know like in, in a university, like if the Department of Engineering wants to use some equipment from the Department of Visual Arts... And all of a sudden, the people from visual arts are like, oh, really? What are you going to use it for? How long are you going to need it? No, I don't and, think so. And uh, what circumstances is it going to be in? Uh-huh. Okay. And then are you going to leave a deposit? Like, I just wonder if some of that goes on in the Disney Plus world.
2: Well, I can tell you that with Loki, a lot of the sets are practical. Sets. Yeah, there's, I, there's
0: certain ones that you can definitely go like, oh, yes, that's that's certainly a set or that's certainly a piece of, you know, furniture that they've put in there and everything. But there are especially. In I the, totally agree the with you. Thing, I mean, when he's so in the desert,
2: when he falls into the desert, like you like uh oh, that's probably that's probably
0: that stuff there the end where uh they're they're going after the person who's uh, lights the field on fire and everything right. that's uh, that feels like that's all that even the the wide shot when they're talking uh, they're having their big discussion looking back at his old tapes and everything that feels like uh, not all of it but a good majority of that was was done that way that's my guess i, I I'll, Man. I'll i'll be uh, surprised if it's different when we see the behind the scenes afterwards
2: when this is all over, Favreau is going to have Lucas money for sure. I think so. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he, he is
0: the angel investor in that. Oh, is he? Is he? Oh, so he's he down. Well, there you go. Now, that's not a bad way. Yeah,
1: he, you, uh, he's the guy that was at the right place with the right bank account. That makes sense. Okay. Yep.
0: Let's go to 14. Bruce.
1: Was that slowed down view of Loki's mouth and cheeks flapping from impact the most satisfying use of special effects in Marvel history?
2: Uh, I mean, that's a funny question, but I mean, come on. The the most effective scene uh, uh, of special effects in Marvel history is when Captain America grabs Thor's hammer at at the end of Endgame. I mean, that's that's the that's the one. But uh, uh, it's very funny. It's a very funny moment. And I especially like when the guard says. You are slowed down to one sixteenth the the regular speed, but you're still feeling every ounce of pain. <laughs> I, yeah. I love in, that in
0: real time. I thought that in was such an yeah, it was such an interesting kind of like own on you and like I, I don't even know how much of that was CGI, Bruce. I really think they probably had a high speed camera there and shot oh, some yeah, compressed air. I think his they face. probably
1: shot him with some compressed air. Yeah, yeah, just and and what really sells it is her moving at regular speed while he's yeah. there flapping like a dog with his head out the window of your pickup truck. <laughs> I, I, I had to watch that. I had to like rewind it and watch that again right away.
0: 15.
2: Are there a lot of people who don't know their robots?
1: The more important question is which of the three of us is a robot and doesn't know it? Because I know right. I
2: think it's Sean. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, how, how, how could it possibly be I me? Mean, we all know, even you even you know who the th- of the three of us who the robot would
0: be. Yeah, because if if it were me, they'd be like, that robot's broken. Uh, <laughs> send it back to the shop for repairs because it's not doing everything it should.
1: <laughs> Only one of us has been referred to as a robot outside of our own social media. Oh, that's here.
2: true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But that the was robots, a long time robots ago. Robots are what? coming. That was a long time ago when I didn't have any emotions at all. I'm not a robot. I'm just a mechanical construct.
1: <laughs> I, I do love how for the fact that somebody might be a robot and not know it really starts to frighten Loki at the last second. Yeah,
2: I, I do love that. He really does give it like, he, he gives it like a three Mississippi before he walks through that. I've <laughs> uh, never contemplated like, If this you're before. wearing
1: a wristwatch, does it destroy your wristwatch? Like, I want to know what's the, the robot destructive effect. Like, <laughs> how complicated does your circuitry have to be?
0: I did I realize just, that the second time through because I'm like, would that short out the the thing around his neck? But apparently not, I guess well it's
1: obviously going to be calibrated to function on non-robot wavelengths cuz those things go through those things all day.
0: Ah, fair enough. True. Adam, you're a fool. Yeah, I I should just hang it, it is, up. It is
1: it is kind of like uh, when you go to get an MRI and they ask if you have any metal in your body and you say, I don't think so, but maybe you should give me a quick check first just to be safe. Like, if it's that big of a deal, how about you just run the old metal detector over me before you put me in? You're going to count on me to give you an honest answer about my own medical history? A lot of stuff happened before the age of four. I don't know what they did back then.
0: Uh, I have a lot of what we like to call missing time. <laughs>
1: So yeah, I did black I out a time or two in Europe, so anything's possible. I can't man.
0: speak for what's inside there, but you're you're welcome to a look if you want. not grab
1: a metal detector, and here's a little pointer: start below the belt. That's the likeliest place to find unsolicited metal objects.
2: Have you seen that one X Men movie? <laughs>
1: my parents may have given me a nudical and i wouldn't know about
0: it question 16 our buddy joe s has an interesting question that he's written in here it comes hard to narrow it down to one question this week but here it goes did tara strong as miss minutes just give us a roadmap into phases four five and six the thought of a multiverse war is exciting that's from joe s
2: I think so. I think that everything that everything that they're leaking out all has to do with multiverse. Right. But that,
1: what she's talking about, like a time war would totally be uh, it just wouldn't make sense it, without Kang. And they haven't announced that Kang's going to be. Oh, they've oh, announced yeah. Kang's going to be here. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> idea. Did yeah guys Best sell it,
2: guys? I, sell it? <laughs> I mean you know you have I, I mean geez, even the spider-man movie is that spider-man doctor strange the the ant-man movie all of these things have to deal with with time so i i think i think that you've really nailed it here joe
0: yeah we're we're, we're heading out i love that animation i thought the whole thing was great oh, I, I love going into glorious. the glorious i'm
1: really hoping like tara strong sticks around as that character i'm a huge tara strong fan
0: uh, I, I love the era. I can't remember the exact... Car- there's a couple of cartoonists that did some uh, really interesting stuff back in the like 50s and 60s and stuff, and there's a lot of that great style in there. It's so good.
1: It's like the kind of stuff they used to show the kids in school back uh, when a nuclear th- war was still a threat.
0: Yeah. 17, Bruce.
1: Is this whole show just an MCU take on Night Court?
2: Yes. It totally is. The juxtaposition of doing serious work while being bored and also having it be funny and fun that is it's totally nightcore.
0: Loki is so John Larquette, you wouldn't believe it.
1: Well, Get you know that here. one that one uh yeah, he's definitely not John Larquette. He's, he's, he's a perp. He's a guest star. <laughs> he's but, Mac. But they did definitely have a Ross as a bailiff in this show. For sure. <laughs>
0: That's that much is very true. <laughs> uh 18
2: Could you watch an entire 30 minute episode of just the TVA cartoon that Loki has to watch?
1: Oh, that's a gamble, man. That's a gamble. Like my immediate response is depends on the situation.
2: I love, I love the way that that cartoon is put together. I love that. It's, I I love the animation style. I love, uh, miss minutes. Everything about it is just pitch perfect. It's, it's it's right up there when it comes to like uh, like an infotainment sort of thing where it's just a huge exposition dump but they're doing it in, in a good way the, you haven't seen something to that level uh, as as Jurassic Park like Jurassic Park, DNA yeah yeah uh, I, Jurassic Park has the perfect info dump and so does this show
1: Like the situation where I would have loved to watch a 30 minute episode of that cartoon is like in the situation before cell phones had signals everywhere, Mm -hmm. because there used to be these times like I go on a trip and we'd be in a cabin that had a VCR and it'd have some weird thing on tape. And that was the only thing there to watch. And you pop it in and it's something like this cartoon and it's like the awesomest thing ever. But now you just pull up your phone and you start watching, I don't know, reruns of 30 rock or something instead. It's part of the shame is my inability to enjoy, we'll just call it found weird cartoons like I used to.
0: It looks like it would be uh, right at home on one of those monitors that you have on amusement park rides that kind of like give you the story well, of the ride as you're going. Specifically,
1: Disney World. I mean, that that's the company behind this, but there's a lot. I mean, like Universal's that. got, got a
0: boatload of it to, uh, of it too. I mean, especially like with yeah. all the Harry Potter stuff and all the but paintings moving it has on the this wall.
1: Style, like there's actually stuff at Disney World that kind of has this style.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to nineteen. Uh, how many sacred timelines do you believe there are? If only if no, nah, excuse me. If only one, how evil are the fi, uh, free fall? I can't even talk today. Evil okay, are the free, <laughs> free will. I quit. All yeah, right, Bruce, read it. Give it a crack. I'm dead. How many
1: sacred timelines do you believe there are? And if only one, how evil are the free will denying timekeepers? Kev, no mention of Kev, aka Will Billy.
0: Thanks, Bruce. Uh, I had clearly, a stroke. I don't know what timekeepers
1: are clearly Calvinists, Kev. This is this <laughs> is Calvinists' approach to, to eternity. They're Calvinists.
2: That's all there is to it. Man, there's there's a whole lot of education
1: in that in that bit Man, right there. Uh, think of all the hate mail I'm gonna get from Calvinists now. <laughs>
0: they don't type. I went to medical
1: school with a Calvinist, and I'm like, how can you be in medical school
2: and like 100% be a Calvinist? You know, Kev, to answer plan. to answer your question here, how many sacred timelines do do we believe there are? I think there's only one. It sure it sure seems like there's only one, at least in that cartoon, and the fact that when the Avengers mucking with the timeline and in, uh, in, in Marvel movies. Basically, we go, no, 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 that was supposed to happen. So uh, there's clearly, uh, in in my mind, just the one timeline.
0: Yeah, and it really, and I'm sure that there'll be more of this coming through, and I I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a large section of, of this series and everything. Is the idea of free will and all that kind of stuff, and you know what what's determined, what's not determined, what do you have control of in your life and stuff like that? and that that is a question that you know can you know be talked about forever in a day, but it'd be interesting to see how they do it with this And in as much as really watching it the second time again, I, I realize no, maybe we we literally have seen everything in the Loki character arc. We saw the way that he you know, that he died and everything. And that is indeed the end. This is a middle spot where we're just going to have a whole bunch of adventures and Loki's going to find out a bit about himself. But I don't think that this is going to change anything post this future, anything. Loki is dead. This is just our last hurrah with him, or at least that's what it feels like to me.
1: Oh, that leads perfectly into question number 20 here, Adam. So, how do you think they will erase Loki's memory at the end of all this?
0: Because that's where it's leading, really. <laughs>
1: Neuralizers will. Will Will Smith make a guest appearance, a cameo?
0: <laughs> will Smith cameos in the in uh who's put that out? Universal.
1: Fruit
0: Universal. So yeah, they, they. It's not impossible. I, you know,
2: the I, I think that you're kind of on the mark here, though, uh, both of you. I think that the only way this show ends is in Loki's death. And I, and I don't mean like at the end of the season, I mean, like probably whenever the series ends, that's the end of Loki period.
0: And, and honestly, it's really a great way because when Loki when, when Thanos killed Loki, as we see in this episode, uh, it was just like, it was a Holy crap moment for a lot of people in the theater because this was a character that I think had pretty universal love from just about everybody. Mm. And to see that character go out and go out so quickly... In that series of films and everything, that it didn't feel like we kind of got a final wrap up of that character. And true, I think this could be that this character's final, you know, emotional arc and everything, and will give us a cap off to this character that'll make us, you know, go, man, those were great Tom Hiddleston Loki days and stuff like that. Uh, but we we have moved on. I feel like this will uh, be that closing chapter for this character.
2: Twenty one. 21, I didn't think Loki was going to give that female guard her comeuppance, but boy, she sure got her comeuppance. Do you think Loki will get one over on Agent Mobius? Will he get his comeuppance? I kind of feel like Agent Mobius is always going to be a step ahead of Loki. That's just the,
1: the gut feeling I've got here. Me too.
0: There could be. I thought it was like when he finally, you know, slaps that neck thing around her and, and keeps rewinding her back and that, that her just like quick stop it in the middle were like really distressing. It was just like, it is, you can imagine just being like, cause that's got to make you kind of sick. I would think, you know, kind of keep coming oh, back yeah. and stuff and her just go, oh, oh, oh God, please just, just stop. It's like, it's probably ripping her apart in some sort of weird time. Timey wimey way. I don't How do know. You
1: like it now. How do you like it? Now, so funny when it's you with the time warp, time twister. That's what he calls it, the time twister around your neck.
0: Well, she finally at least comes out the other side in like a hallway or something because I thought I was just like, did he just like rewind that woman till she didn't exist anymore? (laughs) I was like, did she just like disintegrate through time because he was doing it so fast? I was like, maybe that's what happened. She just kind of flew into a billion pieces or something, but she's still around. So maybe he'll get a crack to the back of the head at some point just going, how dare you?
1: Boy, I could use one of those. You don't know how many times I've said something and immediately regretted it. Boop, I just back it up and not say that.
0: No, thank you. Uh, 22, this comes to us from Bo. Do we get Loki's best moment in the MCU to date at the moment we see him watching his death and the weight of his complete failure to date crushes him? On an episode that was light on excellent, but whose cups runneth over with excellent character study, this seemed like a highlight for Tom Hiddleston's acting reel.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, and he and he had to come out of the gate running, you know, when you are one of the only original people from the Avengers movie left like you've you, you've got to nail it. And he totally did. Totally nailed this episode.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't have anything really to add, but I agree with what you said, Sean.
0: It, it's great. Kind of uh, again, him being able to see the stuff that that uh, that we do know happens and that's what i again i like about the finality of that character actually dying the way that the character dies because a lot of times that is how death comes it doesn't come in a you know a big giant world ending you know blue beam from the sky it ends in a oops you're gone kind of thing and to see him be able to look back and go man I didn't accomplish any of the things that I wanted to accomplish I was sure at this point before this day that this was the route that I was on and these people are just screwing up that when indeed I have seen the future and the future says no you're not going to be doing any of those things and I think that's what's really going to be the impetus to start whatever he's going to be doing in this series to not maybe not necessarily right the wrongs or anything but at least come up with some sort of maybe legacy for himself or figure something out. I'm not quite sure what our, what our goal is as of yet, but it's early. So I
2: speak fluent portress. So Bo Adam says, yes, <laughs> that's true. 23 proofs
1: for. Oh, so brief a time. Oh, so brief a time. I thought the answer was finally Mephisto. Of course it wasn't, but will it ever be? Will we ever get Mephisto?
2: It totally depends on how long the Marvel universe movie universe goes because they're already ducking into the time stuff uh you know here in the the second wave I guess you call it of of the Marvel universe so they're not going to they'll, they'll there will be a conclusion where it won't be all time stuff all the time after after this is done Which means that if you need to reset something, you're going to need something like a Mephisto to show up. So we need to bring, uh, you know, we need to bring Tony Stark back. We need to bring a young Captain America back. You know, whatever it is that they've got him in in their pocket. That's Yeah, we no longer
1: have Spider-Man. We got to explain that. Yes. So who comes first, Adam, Stiltman or
0: Mephisto? Ooh, that's a tough one. The kids want Stiltman. The word on the street is out. So I feel like they have to at least respond to it in some way, if drop some hints or something like that. Mephisto maybe not Stiltman. I I still feel like we got probably a better chance. Yeah. 24 on. <laughs>
2: The amazing set decoration, the brilliant art choices of the VFX team that look like moving Ralph McQuarrie paintings, the color schemes, the lighting choices. Is this show going to be the next generation's art nerd go to like Brazil and Blade Runner were for hours?
1: I don't know. Is it going to be on a scale as grand as Brazil and Blade Runner? It's, I, I can't well, it's judge because the world's so down. different now. Uh,
2: yeah. Here is the difference. Here's, here's the main thing is that you know hunger games the, the the first hunger games movie it's a totally different looking future than anything we had seen previously right mm-hmm. like it doesn't look like an apple store it doesn't look like logan's run it's not like a post-apocalyptic thunderdome where everything is just completely you know bombed out like it, it looks different and that's the thing about about this show is that their version of of I guess it's time that they're messing with. So everything has an older look to it. It it's like retro-futuristic, but there's like a new angle to it. It's something that is going to be referenced for years to come. Uh, and so I think
1: maybe their workshop in the look here that they're really going to hit us hard with in Fantastic 4.
2: Oh, you think? I think maybe you you think we're gonna get a you think we're gonna get retro future for Fantastic Four, which I, I as you know I have been screaming since we started this the, the whole podcast thing twenty five years ago.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think it looks good. It depends on where they go with with several episodes and stuff. Uh, you definitely see the Brazil thing with the uh, thing that like asks him to take off his clothes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's that's definitely uh, uh that in the. Um, some of the like office queues when he's like when he's going through the queue there and everything. Uh, that's definitely got a little Blade Runner 2049 kind of action going on in the design. It, it looks really great. I, I don't know, I don't know how much they're going to be sticking here and how much they're going to be uh uh going out into the world. I, I feel like we're probably not going to spend too much time at this particular and place.
1: it's kind of weird, but like for 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 art nerds to get obsessed with something there has to be just a slight obstacle to accessibility like brazil and blade runner weren't necessarily playing on tbs every saturday afternoon that is true and this just seems so accessible so widespread that that it's like no matter how good it is it's just too easy to get to and they're going to look for something that's not obscure but just a little less accessible
2: I think that this, uh, and, and I think you're right, Bruce. I think that the, you've just nailed it. You know, uh, something that constantly gets referenced is Logan's run when it comes to, yes. you know, the yes. art nerds. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's constantly referenced. And, and that's why I think that that's not a go-to art nerd movie so much, but the look of that is. And so yeah. that's kind of what I'm going for with Loki. Like art nerds aren't going to sit and watch through all of loki they're gonna find the background interesting and so it's you know like hey l- look at what they did here look at what they did there
1: yeah the the art nerds that i know really loved the dr strange movie that i know didn't hit real solidly with you uh sean but some art folks like the visuals on that
2: one too sure the, well the vfx in that movie are amazing but that's i you know i'm a set guy first so yeah gotcha
0: Number 25 comes to us from our buddy Matt. You can address him as He-Hulk, though. Uh, Matt writes in, Is the TVA the most despicable evil in all of fiction? They make Thanos look like jaywalking.
1: They're the kind of evil that you ask in a philosophical question. And, uh, boy, I'm not looking to to cause any debate, but you'll get where I'm coming from. If God is all-powerful, why does he let X bad thing exist? They're kind of in that boat.
0: Yeah. To which, which there's always like, I I just recently heard something that I thought was like just an interesting counterpoint to that, because that, that is one that you hear an awful lot of times. If, if God exists, how does he allow bad things to happen? And the converse I heard about that, it's like, if, if God doesn't exist, why do good things happen? So, I mean, it's, it's, who knows?
2: And, you know, Joan Osborne said, you know, what if God was one of
0: us? That's a good song. I, I still like that. That's, that's a pretty good one. She's a good one hit wonder, that one.
1: Uh, like he would take a bus. He could afford a taxi.
0: Uh, but, yeah, I think it's – it's and that's where I think, again, it's going to come down to all the 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 idea and stuff of, you know, predeterminism and, like, where we're all supposed to go. And they believe that this is the line and they are the uh, ones to keep and- said line in the in the fashion that they want it.
1: And, and, you know, it breaks down why bureaucracy is such a good delivery method for evil, because no one thing that any one part of it is doing is necessarily evil. They're all doing seemingly meaningless things, but it all re- leads to that evil result. You know, you spread the job out enough different levels to enough different people. Nobody, everybody can sleep well at night that all they made you do was sign that paper with every word you ever said on it. But at the end of the day, the whole delivery system is really restrictive.
2: And and he Hulk, I'll tell you this right now, is that they have not told this show has not told you yet whether TVA is good or bad right now. They're just saying that they're lawful, but they're not saying whether they're lawful, good or lawful, evil. And the show, I'm going to be honest with you, the show needs to make that choice. We're only in the first episode, but it needs to make that choice of whether or not that bureaucracy is is good or evil. Because that, you, you if you've created this thing, you need to make the decision as, as, as the creators of this thing.
0: And, yeah, I, I thought I had something else, but I lost it. Let's go to 27.
1: Just like Flag Smasher and John Walker, the TVA was created by Mark Grunwald. Is Disney leaning so heavily on his work right now because he died young and therefore can't call them out for not paying him?
2: Well, you know, I originally would have said absolutely yes to this, Bruce. But as you know, you know, look at Bill Finger.
0: Yeah, so he's got to be dead for like 30 years before something starts to.
2: (laughs) No, what I'm saying is that, you know, Bill Finger's family now receives monies on Batman that they never did before.
1: I will say that DC and Warner brothers have a better track record than Disney in this, you know, yeah. famously, uh, Jim Starlin said he made more money from the character of KG beast in a DC movie than he made from Thanos at Marvel. Wow. Yeah. So they do have a better track record cause they got burned so hard on Superman that now they try to stay out in front of it. I see. But you know, Disney is getting a lot of make Disney pay like like they're basically saying, yeah, you sign this uh, contract with uh, Lucasfilm. But, you know, go ask them for your money. Don't ask us for your money, but you own them. Oh, well, sucks to be you. You know, it's been more from the Star Wars side with the novelizations. But you know what I'm saying? It's 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 an issue. It's been an issue that Disney has to deal with. So let's pick a guy who died young, doesn't really have a lot of family around. Who's going to take up for him? I, I, they're I thought leaning that was... on him
2: a lot on Disney Plus. They really are. You're right. A lot of his concepts. I didn't put that together before because, you know, I don't follow all of the creators. But you're right. It's only Not a matter of time. Before, poor guy. It's only a matter of time before we see uh, we see his uh, Justice League knockoff for Marvel. Oh, uh, Squadron Supreme. Squadron Supreme. Twenty-seven. Sean. Twenty-seven. Loki says that the line "Choice breeds regret." Actually, let me start that over again. Loki says that the Loki says the line choice breeds regret. And it's a pretty bleak outlook on a 1 to 10 scale with 10 being absolutely true. What number would you give that statement? Hmm.
1: Well, I'll I'll go ahead and say this while I'm thinking over a number to give it. The the biggest part that rings true with that is when you regret a choice you made, you have nobody to blame but yourself. So there's always that easy out when you can blame somebody else for your misfortune. So so that's going to (laughs) make your bad choices hurt harder than when it's a bad order given by somebody else. So I'm going to say it makes it at least an eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's certainly up there. And uh, because choice leads uh, leads to regret, uh, as we're talking here, uh, that can be good or bad. Good things happen, like, oh, you made what was, a, what was a good choice, and one way or the other, you may come back to regret that choice. And there's something that's to be said that, you know, any fork in the road that you meet, uh, whatever one that you go down is what's going to lead you to your next thing. You you always have the ability to kind of look back and go like, well, I could have, should have, would have, but you also don't have the ability to go back. So you you can always leave that sort of regret there. Um but it is how you deal with that regret uh, that defines who you are going from that point forward. That
2: makes yeah, sense. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely agree. I'm I'm going to go with uh, paraphrasing Doug Stanhope here, which is that take wild swings with your life in moderation. Oh like yeah. If you're, if you're always wild swinging, you're, you're, you're doomed, but every so often you just got to take a wild swing and and it's going to turn out,
0: you're are either going
2: to fall on your face or you, it's going to work out for you. you
0: <laughs> don't buy a you know, five dollar hooker. Buy a five thousand dollar hooker. I think that was his uh that illustration. It. Yes. <laughs> oh man. See <laughs> get it, it,
1: later, as I get further along in life, I'm start thinking a uh, I'm starting to think about taking like a two face approach where I just flip a coin and do what the coin says, and then if it turns out bad, I'll blame that daggone coin.
2: Stupid coin. Uh, you know his other part to that is don't 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 take the mushroom cap. And see a few
0: colors. Take the whole bag and see God. <laughs> 28. Given this episode, we saw some wild and crazy things going on, but can this show go too far or is that what we expect? How crazy, timey, whimy, wild can we get with this show? This well, is the it, w- I'm sorry. Go ahead, please.
1: This is the one show where I absolutely know we have a boundary so that at the end, everything has to be exactly like it was before it started. So they can go as far as they want because it it can only be so impactful like like I said, we know that Loki's going to end up being strangled by Thanos in the end of it all,
2: or Loki is going to strangle Thanos is more likely when you see him when he's when he starts talking about glorious purpose <laughs> the second time, the reason why he's talking about it is because he's going after Thanos, but I think that you know one of the things that the show is doing, and I've, i i mean, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times—is that they are turning this into basically a, a police procedural show. Like that's what the show is going to be. It's going to be a buddy cop show with these two guys, and that is grounded and that is normal. Which means that we are going to see some absolutely bat nuts, crazy people show up it's just going to happen because when you have your plot be normal, you have your characters go over the top and, you know, you, you might see a crazy situation here and there where, you know, I think that like lady Loki is probably likely because that's, that's the craziest thing you could possibly think of right now with this character. And so when it comes up, when this stuff comes up, it's going to be more People based weirdness than uh, your Thor Ragnarok, where the situation is just bonkers, you know? And yeah,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. 29 Bruce. At the end of the day, does this show trivialize what we saw in Endgame?
2: I don't believe so. I think that they're trying to show you that this is something else. Like the answer isn't going to be Infinity Gems for this. I think that's basically what they're trying to show you. Yeah, kind of guess, like, ho- like to shorn me, up
0: that hole in there that just says, hey, you can get these Infinity Stones and do that. And they just go like, no, no, that's not going to be the answer for this one like it was for all the other stuff. I think you're well, right.
1: When they say that was supposed to happen, that makes me think like, oh, man. So, so that was just like predestination that was paint by numbers and we just watched somebody put blue in all the number sevens and red and all the number threes you know what i mean
2: like but like bruce, that was supposed to happen but bruce that is that is going to be what this show is about is that nothing is preordained i mean the, the fact that they set it up like that means that it's going to be about are, choice and free will yeah things That's are going to eventually point. get there
0: <laughs> yeah they, they won't be like no seriously for reals though you can't do anything outside of what you already saw <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I'm still a little burned by the the absolute zero consequences in Agents of Shield, which we know this is going to be more important than that. But when you've got the uh, biggest box office of all time, you don't want to undercut it too much.
0: Oh, I just had this idea. Check this: What if they end up, and this is this very well might happen? Uh, they go through like different points in different timelines, maybe to things that we've seen, and like the reason that things went X you know, way is because of them actually doing that sort of thing.
2: Uh, I mean, they're going to have plenty of opportunity in almost any of these properties because yeah. they're messing with all the timelines. Just
0: muck around and do whatever you want. And kind of, absolutely. I like and it. And, and it wouldn't
2: surprise me at all if it ends up with like, you know, our first appearance of Kang or our first appearance of, uh, um, you know, like, uh, uh, the X-Men where yeah, they really uh, need to do something to shatter what we yeah. think is predestination
1: here. Yeah. I, I but mean, the, you sold me on that.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, that is what the show is going to be. I mean, you don't set it up where, and also think of it like this is that they're, they're just dropping little clues to you and they're dropping it in clues of information that you don't want to hear kind of like Nolan did in that second Batman movie where you're like, man, like it, he, he can't move his head. And that looks so stupid, especially in the scene, the Joker is giving us what his history was with those scars. And it's all for purpose. Like that's, that's what I really think is happening here. Number
1: 30, bring us home, Sean.
2: Number 30. I was talking to my daughter on Friday and she literally started with this sentence. Don't tell me anything about Loki. I'm watching it this weekend. This is the show they've been looking forward to the most. What show were you or are you looking most forward to in the Marvel Disney Plus canon?
1: Do you have one, Adam? Because whatever I pick, like with my track record, it's going to doom it to failure. So I don't want to go first. (laughs) Then
2: pick something that already
0: existed. (laughs) I I mean, honestly, I was... I was really interested in whatever that they were going to do with WandaVision because it was something that just wasn't on my radar or something that I thought that I would be interested in. And so I I was curious as to, like, what is this new chapter in Marvel television going to bring for us? How is this going to be the thing that kicks off what is going to likely be their kind of standardized sort of thing? You're going to get new stuff through this and maybe movies on account of you know what comes from these shows and stuff uh so just not knowing what that looked like that's what kind of gave me the most uh you know excitement of going like what is this and then when we get it and it's super freaking weird compared to everything else that we've seen before that intrigued me even more so I, i i guess i gotta go with wandavision on this just because it was it was the new weird thing starting out and uh I'm glad to see that we're we're taking different avenues down all of these Marvel roads and not going down the, the same thing. We've just changed the characters, you know?
1: Well, the one I've most been looking forward to is Moon Knight. And uh, that was even before the casting was announced. Uh, the casting only made me want to go higher. But if we're talking about something that it's going to just go... Uh, as far as you can possibly imagine something going, something that's really going to play around with perception and what is reality. And can you trust your own eyes? That's going to be moon Knight, especially if they lean on Jeff Lemire's run on moon Knight or Mm -hmm. Jeff Lemire's run either, either one of those two had a good run.
2: Yeah, uh, totally agree. Uh, the, the show I was looking forward to most, uh, has already come out Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just love those characters so dearly and it did not disappoint. I love that show.
0: Well, that will do it for the first episode of lucky Loki and the, thus the first episode of Loki 30 questions. Uh, so if you like this show, tell a friend, write a v- review wherever you can and, uh, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, join us next week when we're asking more questions, but in the meantime, Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the internet?
1: you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie talking about anime. And here's something that's cool is like, I'm watching attack on Titan stuff. That's a couple of years old and I'm making crackpot theories as if it was new. So if you already know what happens, you can watch it and judge how, how, close or far off i am on some of my crackpot theories but i'm putting a whole lot of effort into breaking down uh, that first season of attack on titan also talking about jujutsu kaisen with my daughter got a bunch of demon slayer stuff you can check out along with some assorted other things
0: it's worth it just for bruce and all the naming stuff just and like in the fifteen different Japanese, the fifteen different ways he gives himself outs and everything, and just watching him tap dance around names is worth the admission price alone. And then you get to hear <laughs> him talk about all the cool other stuff. But just go for the pronunciation, stay for the rest of the entertainment. But it's good stuff. Well, uh, links are in the show notes. Sean, what else?
2: Uh, why don't you go to Hero Movie Podcast, which is our first podcast that we've been doing for a million years. And this week we review. Uh, Sweet Tooth, the show on Netflix, Uh, we have a goal for next week, which is that Adam doesn't have to write a single question. So if we get enough questions sent to us, Adam won't have to write a single thing. (laughs) And that's what both we and Adam want. Yes. Because what you're going to get, you're going to get a whole lot of questions about the format of the show. You're going to get a whole lot of questions about the about the music, food and beverage. He always gets food and beverage. He does get food and beverage. So, how about uh, how about bringing in enough questions that Adam
0: doesn't have to write a single. That wraps it up for this week. Join us next week when we ask 30 more questions about Loki on Disney+. Plus for Sweet shots of Kovacs from the Internet and Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Portris. See you next week, you mischievous scamps! Tell me, doctor,